Now, I'm going to ask you tonight if you would go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. And if you are turning in your Bible, you're probably going to notice that you made a note there the last time that I was there, and that hadn't been long ago, but God's put this on my heart. And we're going to look at this in just a moment. But while you're turning... I want to just start by saying that the year of 2020 has been defined by so many people. The year of 2020, it seems like that the overall theme of this year has been COVID-19. And I will admit there's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of sickness. There's been a lot of death. There's been a lot of calamity because of it. But I want to tell you what I believe has been screaming louder than COVID-19 or anything else for that matter. And that is that Jesus has been letting the, the church know, his bride, God has been sounding the alarm to the church that 2020 has been a crystal clear, a year of vision for the church to actually see what God has said is and will continue to come to pass. I mean, in our lifetimes, we've never seen it as clear as we do right now. I don't think it's a coincidence that all this is happening this year. I think God has allowed the church, the true church, the bride of Christ, to see clearly. It's not just words, although we all believe this. The real church does. We believe this. It's not just words in a book. It's not just words on a paper, but I'm going to tell you this, that what has been happening this year, oh, the Bible, hallelujah, has been unfolding right before our eyes in many, many ways that I've tried my best to share with you as, as much as I could. And I want to tell you that in the next week or weeks to come, you need to brace yourself in prayer and in fasting, and in the Word of God. You, you need to just kind of divorce technology and all these other things that's been taking control of your life because there's going to be what seems like a light switch that's going to flip, and we're going to witness things. If the Lord doesn't return in the next few weeks and months, we are going to see things that we never thought we would see. We're going to see, God help us, but we're going to see what seems like unbearable times. And the Bible has told us, the believers, that's going to happen, but you're an overcomer. That's going to happen, but I've overcome the world. That's going to happen, but you don't have to work. You be of good cheer. I'm telling you all of this so when it does happen, you can say, my hallelujah, my Savior is, he is faithful and he is true. And just get ready because a lot of people are saying, I'd be so glad when 2020 is over with. Well, again, for I don't know how many times I've said this now, get ready, friend, because you haven't seen anything yet because the pace is about to really pick up. And this is why you've got to make your calling and election sure. 
This is why revival is not an option. This is why this church has to seek God and we cannot be passive any longer. We don't need to pray, God, will you give us revival? We need to pray, God, send revival and send revival fire because, folks, I'm telling you that this light-footed, light-hearted, casual Christianity is about to hook some people up that thought that it was hunky-dory. You are about to see things that's going to just make you wonder unless you are rooted and grounded in God. Now, I'm going to start preaching here in one moment, but folks, God has burdened me in, in a way I've never been burdened before. I've, I've been burdened for the church. I've been burdened for people. I've been burdened for needs that we've had and needs that some of you have had, but I've never had a spiritual unction and a burden like I have now because I know, and I thank God for the way I was raised, but I know right now that there is nothing that's going to confront what's going on or even be able to address or withstand it but the power of the Holy Ghost moving in the bride of Christ and in the life of every believer that's planning on going to heaven. Nothing else is going to do it. You can tell God, uh, uh, Lord, I've been faithful. You can let the devil know how many times you went to Sunday school and got the cute little pen and how many times you got the nice fruit bags at Christmas and all the VBSs and Awanas and kids' crusades we've had. You can, you can let all that... Uh, be advertised, but it's not going to do any good if you don't know Jesus in a way that makes you so in love with him that everything else is kind of dim and dull in your life. Now, we're going to read that scripture now, and I want you to listen to it as we read it together. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain, be steadfast and unmovable. You know what the word steadfast means? It, it, it means what you think it means, but the first word that appears in that, the Greek definition for that is the word sitting, sitting. Can you imagine an attitude of sitting right now with all of this going on? A lot of people, that's all they're doing. They're sitting, and it's not because that they're being steadfast. They're just sitting because they're scared or they're lazy or they're... And complacent. But this word, brethren, be ye steadfast, it means to have the peace that comes from sitting and knowing that all things work together for good. I mean all things. Even all of the negative things work together for good. And then it tells me my attitude, not just, not just my demeanor, but it tells me I need to have the attitude 
of one or something that's immovable. You, you can't move me. I, I, I cannot. I can't be shaken. I, be, I can't be coerced. I can't be talked into it. I can't be moved from where I am. You've got to be steadfast. You, you, you've just got to display a peaceful presence of God operating in your life. You've got to be sitting. You've got to be steadfast, immovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Now, I want to tell you something, and then we're going to look at something that we just looked at a few weeks ago in one of the churches uh, in Revelation. The reason that you've got to adopt this scripture is, I'm going to ask you along with me, I want you to make this the one or one of the ones that you make your life your life message going into this next year. There's a lot going to happen, but I'm God, I'm going to be steadfast. God, there's a lot that's going down, but Lord, I'm going to be immovable. Lord, there's a lot going on, but I'm going to be caught by the world and by you as always abounding in your work. That's what I'm going to do. So this is going to be my life verse going into next year. And the reason you need to get this attitude tonight right now and this needs to be a part of your fast this needs to be part of your prayer this needs to be a part of your study god i i want to have face like flint i i want to be so determined because the gates of hell won't prevail against the church but the gates of hell are going to try their best to do that and close the church and shut up the church and do away with the church because the church the real church, not the watchers, not the people that are passive, not the people that don't want to draw any attention or ruffle any feathers. Imagine the Apostle Paul going into a city with that kind of attitude. Well, I don't want to draw any attention. He says, man, I come to draw attention, but not to me, but to Jesus Christ, the one that gave his life for me. And we've got, we've got to shake this. I mean, we're not going around trying to pick a fight. But we've got to have a steadfast, immovable attitude because the gates of hell are going to try to prevail. And that's what it's looked like this year. We stayed closed to August the 30th, and then we opened up. And we've been open all but, I think, about three weeks, uh, off and on at different times during that, because we cannot forsake the assembling of ourselves now. We did it early on, but we can't do it now. The pace is picked up. The people's got to pick up. And I'm telling you, you got to do it. You can't play the COVID card. It, it won't work on Judgment Day. You can't do it. You can't go everywhere else but not come to church. You can't do that. You can't do that and say you love the Lord Jesus with all your heart. So I don't care what church you go to neither. You've got to do that at your church. If it's open, you have got to be there if you want to fulfill the scriptures that the Lord told us. Don't forsake. He didn't put clauses in there like COVID and all that. You got to do it, especially when you leave your house for any reason. So now that we've got that out and open, the gates of hell are going to continue to prevail what seems like in the world's eyes and even to some church and Christian's eyes against the church. But I've got to be steadfast. I've got to be immovable. And I've got to have a made-up mind because the devil's mind is made up and the pace that we're all about to experience 
is certainly going to be picked up. And let me tell you a little bit about what I'm talking about. The world is not playing around right now. Satan is not playing around. This, the whole thing, you know, not going into it, I gave you some, uh, well, I gave you resources Sunday or the direction to get to some resources that may be of interest to you uh, or you may be so far gone now that it, 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 you, you can't be phased by it. Any, any amount of truth, doesn't matter what the source is. But I still pray for people who are lost right now. I do, and I don't mean sinners. I pray for people that are lost because God did not call us into this ignorant society that we are trying to live in right now. We, he, he didn't call us into this. About a week ago, uh, no, it's about two weeks ago, something happened that I was not aware of until... Sunday afternoon, and I think it was only because the Holy Ghost led me just to check, look at this, I, and, and, and let me tell you before I get into it, the only way I found out about it, I checked an email account that's related to some technology here at the church that has to do with some of our uh, uh, web presence, and I just happened to check the email, and there was a message in there that I hadn't seen in three weeks. And what the message was, and let me preface what I'm telling you now by, do you remember or do you recall me telling you more than one time that, folks, this censorship thing is the real deal? Well, I'm going to tell you again. Folks, this censorship thing is the real deal because when I got home on Sunday, I noticed, and a lot of people wouldn't do what I'm about to do because they think it would draw attention and cut them off. I don't care anymore. But I got an, a, a message, an email from the Apple Store where our church, Multitudes Church app is stored uh, where if you've got an Apple device, you can go to the App Store and you can, you can download uh, our church app of course, if you're on an Android, you can, you can do this with a Google, uh, from the Google Play Store. But what the message had, had let me know is that our app was no longer available from the app store. And so I couldn't believe it. And I looked on the app store and it was gone. In fact, uh, would you like for me to show you the actual message? L let me show that to you. If you look, it just says the uh, Resolution Center. Uh, 5.10.0 binary rejected. This is what it says. Now, listen to this stuff. Safety objectional uh, content. We found that your app includes content or concepts that some users may find upsetting offensive or otherwise objectionable. Uh, specifically, your app's metadata or binary include inappropriate references to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And it tells me what our next steps. While your app's uh, current uh, content or concept is not appropriate for the App Store, we would welcome a new app from you in alignment with our App Store guidelines. Okay, now, 
Would you like for me to tell you? Would you like for me to tell you what they were referring to? And I know this is short lived, but they were referring to on our app for several months. I would say probably, I don't know, since possibly April, May, June. If you've been on our app, we've got a Unite 714 prayer that we've prayed, and it's a prayer that comes out weekly that tens of thousands of churches all over the globe are praying. It's not a controversial prayer or anything. But on our thumbnail, which is the little picture on our app screen, we had the words COVID-19 prayer, all right? And when you click that picture, it takes you to this PDF that has scripture and then a prayer that people all over the world are praying. And the prayer pretty much just said this week, if you haven't looked at it, uh, or prayed it, the prayer pretty much on a regular basis is just uh, the body of Christ praying the same prayer of asking God to eradicate the COVID-19 virus. That's it. There's nothing controversial in there, but because it was labeled COVID-19, for some reason or another, uh, some people may have found it upsetting, offensive, or objectionable. Um, and I'm telling you this during this message is because I want you to know. Now, let me say this before I forget this. I got with Derek and we talked, and, and I was through with it. I said, hey, listen, I know it's coming down to where they're going to shut everybody up. If you don't sing the song of the world, friend, you better get ready. You're going to get it in your hand or your head. And I know that's way too much for a lot of you because you think it's just smooth, safe sailing. But if you're not walking and living with Jesus, he's not the beat of your heart. He's not the passion. He, he As your soul, as the deer pants for the water, your, your soul don't pant after him. You need to go back to the cross of Jesus again because you need to do your first works over. You're not quite ready to take off yet. And if you're not saying what the world wants said right now, which is all to take people in a certain direction that we're not getting into right now, then you are labeled, you are excommunicated, and they're going to cut you off. They're going to shut you down. This is proof. Uh, and so for right now, we're back on because we reapplied one time and just changed it to the, the regular name it was, Unite 714, to see if they would take that. Of course, they did. It's the same prayer, nothing else. But if it happens again, there, we, we, we're not doing anything else. We, we, we will make it available through the website for you. To, but I don't care. I don't need them. I don't need Apple. I don't need Google. I don't, I don't need these people. We're utilizing what we have right now, but it's going to get too hot in the kitchen after a while, and we're not walking out, but they're going to walk out because they don't want to hear the truth. People don't like the truth. You can tell people the truth, the truth that sets them free, but men love bondage. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil, and they don't want to look at that and admit that because... That would, 
go against their pride. Now, I want to go to that church in Revelation I talked about. It's actually in the seventh, cha- uh, seventh verse of chapter 3. And this was to the, the angel of the church in Philadelphia. And this is what John recorded that Jesus was saying to the church, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I've set before thee an open door. No man can shut it. For thou hast kept a little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee because thou hast kept the word of my patience. I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon the whole world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast. Be steadfast, immovable. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh. Will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall no more go out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him a new name. And here's what I want you to hear. He, can you hear me? Can you hear me? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is still saying, what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The Bible tells us in the 8th verse that there's an open door. And then over in the 10th verse, it says to persevere. You got to keep on. You got to keep on keeping on. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep the word of his patience. You got to keep on moving. You got to be steadfast. If they shut you down, if they take your app off, if they disconnect your power, if they tell you if you don't do this, you're going to lose your job or you're going to lose your car, you're going to lose your house. Listen, be steadfast, be immovable, and always don't stop working for God. Don't stop being on the praise team for God. Don't stop being an usher for God. If you go to a church and you taught Sunday school before COVID, don't stop teaching Sunday school. Don't stop having prayer meeting. Don't stop tithing. Don't stop waking up worshiping God every day. Be steadfast. Hallelujah. Be unmoved. Always, always, always abounding in the world of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Hallelujah to the name of God. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Over in Psalm 78, I find myself in here a lot. If you go down to the fifth verse, and I'm going to read a few of these scriptures. I'm going to read a few of them. I I, I was listening to a message today, and I heard a pastor say, uh, you know, when the church closures come, that a lot of people were, okay, when the governor said, close the churches, a lot of churches, oh, okay, yeah, no problem, because it already got down to almost 
never meeting anyway, never having service anyway, never coming together anyway. And so they about got it down to nothing. And, and when he said, y'all need to close the churches, they said, whew, okay, no, that ain't no problem. We understand. We want to comply. We want to be good citizens. We, we, we want to be role models. Said, and the whole time, I'm quoting this pastor again, the whole time the liquor store won't know when they can open back up. The, the people out here selling pornography, why are you picking on us? Why can't we open? All the bars, all the other places, they want to know when they can open up. The church says, no problem, we understand. We've got to close the door. Just keep the money coming in, though. I want to tell you, folks, it's going to take a person staying out of church, using COVID. You're going to have to come up with something a lot stiffer than that here in the next few weeks. And you, you watch what I'm telling you. You watch what I'm telling you. I told you about this censorship stuff, and it's happening, going to happen. In fact, I had to make a, a, a reach out with someone today about before it's over with, we may have to get to where we uh, host our own site in-house uh, as long as we have Internet connection. But the day is going to come, so I'm going to say this, and then we're going to read this, and hopefully, for your sake, maybe, I'll be through in just a minute, but the day's going to come when if you want to hear what's going on in the house of God, you're going to have to go to the house of God because they're going to cut everything off, and they may even cut the power off for it's over with. So, if anybody's still listening, we're going to go to 78, verse 5 in Psalm, okay? And this is what it says. It says... For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know them. Talking about the laws and the statutes. Even the children which should be born who should arise and declare, and declare them to their children. Verse 7, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Did you hear that? Their Fathers and grandfathers, their spirit was not steadfast. They were easily moved. They were easily shaken. And they got shook right away by the devil away from the word of God, his laws and his statutes. But verse 9 says, The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law. And then if you go over to verse 34, hold that thought and skip right over, move your finger over to 34 because what happens in between those scriptures? It talks about all the things that God did. It talks about all the things that God had brought the people through. Even when they had transgressed God, even when God had bailed them out, God fed them, uh, fed them in the wilderness more birds than they could count. He opened up the sea on dry land. You know all the miracles. He did it time and time again. They would fall on hard luck or they would fall on judgment. 
and they would fall into captivity. God would pass judgment, but then they would cry out to God. He'd do it again. He'd bail them out again. They'd still go back to their old ways. They'd keep doing it over and over. They would not be steadfast. So when you're not steadfast, the devil's always able to move you very easily regardless of what you say or how long you've been a Christian. That's why we've got to have our game face on going into this year if we see it because your stationary status is about to be challenged. And I know this is not popular preaching, but it's where we are. Somebody's got to tell you to strap your boots up and get ready because you're about to go into no man's land and only a few people are going to make it. Few there be that find it because only the few are willing to stand up, prepare, and fight. Verse 34. I know you want us to get to it, so... When he slew them, then they sought him. And they returned and inquired early, early after God. And they remembered that their God was their rock. And the high God, their redeemer. Oh, my goodness. Nevertheless, verse 36, they did flatter him with their mouth and they lied unto him with their tongues for their heart or because their heart was not right with him. Now, we're talking about his children, folks. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. I want you to look at me and not look at nobody else in your house. I want you to look at me right now. You can rest own your religion if you want to, brothers and sisters. But if you are not steadfast in the Word of God, if you are not steadfast in the altar of God, if you are not steadfast in the worship of God, if you are not steadfast in the ways of God, you are going to be moved. You are going to forsake God and not even realize you're forsaking God. You're going to sell out because you're worshiping what the world is saying more than what the Word is saying, and you're going to find out that you made a wrong decision a little bit too late. By the way, I love you. I love you. Their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. I don't know how to read the Bible. I'm, I didn't go to Bible school. has nothing to do with it, nothing at all to do with it. We've heard stories of old-timers never spent one day in a formal classroom learning but they got full of the Holy Ghost. They got saved at an old-fashioned altar we hear about, and all of a sudden, they was able to start quoting Scripture. Listen, if you want God inside of you, hallelujah. It doesn't matter if you've been to school or not. God can get inside of you, and He can come out of you. If you want the Lord, you seek the Lord, you get on the narrow road that's not popular, not even in pulpits anymore, but you get on that road. You look for God. You hunger. You thirst for God. You be steadfast for God. You be unmovable for God. Hallelujah. And you watch what God will do in your life and through your life until the day you take your last breath. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Colossians 2 verse 7 that you've got to be rooted and built up in Him and established 
establish, establish in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So what is he saying? He's saying the whole time that you're being rooted and you're being built up into faith and you're being established the way you've been taught, the way you've looked. Listen, we've got a lot of people that's gone on before us. Do you hear what I'm telling you? We've got, I won't go outside. I could go to like Billy Graham, Paul and all that. No, I'm going to multitudes now. Listen to me. We could look at L.T. Walters, steadfast and movable. I could talk to you about Bo Winburn for days, steadfast and movable. I could talk to you about all kinds of dear saints that's been in this church and people that's been related to people in this church who love the Lord. I could tell you about Pat Walters when the devil told him he would never ever be used by God again. That it looked like in his family's eyes, the church's eyes, and the world's eyes, he's gone. Not, I can tell you that he's singing on the streets of glory right now because God is the God of impossible. People that have gone on to meet Jesus out of this church right here. Didn't matter what the devil kept telling them. You're not worthy. You won't do it again. Seeing the, the Holy Ghost of God witness through Pat on this stage many, many times as so many of you have and we've seen what God have done in men and women's life in this church and listen to me. People made their mind up. It doesn't matter what their track record looked like. It mattered what their goal line, what the finish line looked like. And that was one that I will not be changed. I will not be moved. I will not be entertained by the world and their, their thoughts and the fear they throw at us. I won't be changed by that. I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to be a student of the Word. I'm going to worship God in spirit and in truth. I'm making my calling and election sure. I'm finishing my course and my race, and I'm going to hear, well done. That's what a steadfast and movable person's got to do, folks. That's what you've got to do. You've got to understand everything that's happened in your life. You've certainly got to understand everything that's happened in this world this year. And it's only begun. A lot of things that have happened since March of this year have been set up and been in the making for decades. I'm repeating myself, I know. But people are not hearing me. You're not hearing me. A lot of times I'd, I'd tiptoe around that because I would think people would think I'm trying to draw attention to me. I've grown up in the past few weeks and months. I have. I, God has reconfirmed in my life I'm not here for Opie. I'm here as his messenger. I'm here as your shepherd to help you see what you may not be able to see right now. You see, everything I tell you, I'm not worried about if you believe it or not, if you are offended or not. What I worry about is if I don't tell you that I'm standing before him one day answering the question why I didn't tell you. So 2020 has been a crystal clear year of vision for me. I don't know if it has for you. I can't answer nobody for nobody else. But I'm telling you, God has made it clear in this book right here that he's a God of everything he said. We see every single thing unfolding in front of us. Everything. And tonight, all the Lord wants to do is to make sure that the body 
is prepared. You're suited and you're dressed up. You are ready for what's coming. And I've told you many times, and I know these things sound negative, but quit looking at these things as negative. Look at these things through the eyes of the Word because I sure do. I know it does. But folks, the days are fastly approaching when you are going to have to make these hard decisions I'm talking about. Decisions that may affect you the rest of your earthly life. And you've got to have the attitude of Jesus Christ to know what to say in these last days and hours. You've got to know how to give an account. You've got to know what God would want you to do. You've got to know how to operate your life. It's not your life. And I'm saying this again that I've said months in the making. In the very near future, I believe I believe with all my heart that people are going to have to make tithing decisions. Are you still going to be faithful to the Word of God if you don't get a tax deduction for it anymore? Oh, you do right now. We do right now. And I realize most people at our church, I don't think, I mean, God knows, I hope not, you don't give because you get a write-off. You give because you believe in the Word of God and you don't want to stand before Him as a, a, a cursed robber. But it's coming, folks. I believe that the nonprofit tax-exempt status is going to be a thing of the past for the church. I do. And you'll find out what God people worship. But I want to pray and not just keep saying things that may be a little hard right now. I know it would have been easier for me to come in and just say some positive things about resolutions and all that. We ain't got time for that junk. We don't have time for that carnal junk. You need to wake up. You got to get it, you got to get it on here. You got to get it sharp. You got to get it focused. You got to get it in line with this book right here. So we're going to pray together, Father God. I believe that you are doing a work in the global body of Christ that is listening to you. I know, Lord, the heart of many, many have waxed cold. People have believed a lie, even right now. People have believed a lie, and they are, they're damned. And there's proof in that damnation you don't lie when you speak things Lord you don't lie you can't lie God we ask you Lord would you hear our cry for revival we need it Lord it's the only thing that's going to break the chains that bind the cold the dull the blind eyes God, it's the only thing is Holy Ghost revival, Lord. Lord, we need it on this planet. We need it in our church, in our lives, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you would set every captive free right now that's watching. In the name of Jesus.
glory to your name. You would set every captive. Hallelujah to your name. Be glorified, Lord. Be glorified in the holy name of Jesus. My God, my God, I give you praise. Yes, you are worthy. He is worthy. Mm. Hallelujah to your name, oh God. I pray for every sinner, every person that's living a lifestyle contrary to the word of God, that you would be set free by the power of the cross of Jesus Christ, that every tomb that's represented on this camera tonight would be opened, the rock, the stone would be rolled away, dead men would come to life, dead women would come to life, cold hearts would be reignited with the blood and passion of Jesus Christ. I pray in the name of the holy God of Israel, Lord, that the people of God would know that you are faithful and you are true and you are forever Yes and amen, and you will not stop until you are finished. You will find a church. You will find a people. You will find a messenger, a preacher somewhere that will still proclaim what you have said. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not you, not your word, and not your church, God. And we give you praise for that tonight. So, God, I pray for every person in bondage. God, we have a bondage that has to be broken. We have a bondage, Lord, that the enemy has so cleverly put on the church and the church does not see it. The church does not accept it. They don't accept the fact that the enemy has taken over, Lord. That the enemy is using the mask of the world, Lord, of people in power, people with lots of money, Lord, people with lots of influence, Lord, people that have sick, deranged, hellish fantasies that they want. He has used, Lord, other things to cover up the devil and all his workings. But Lord, darkness will always give way to the light of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And your word, O oh God. So, Lord, I pray that people that have been in denial, Lord, of what's happening, Lord, prophetically what is happening and what will happen, Lord. God, I pray that they are set free before that we end this broadcast tonight in the name of Jesus. I pray we would lose ourselves. I pray we would lose, God, everything that seems to have our attention right now but you and your word. If you are not a believer, Jesus Christ wants to save you. You will die and go to hell because you were born into a world of sin. Don't care what you say you are. I don't care what label you have accepted for your life. Don't care what it is. There's hundreds of labels people wear. But you can only go to heaven with one label. That is the label of the redeemed. And the only way you are redeemed, you can't pay your tithe and just listen to church 
and watch church online. You can't just read Bible passages or like certain biblical scriptures on Facebook. The only way you can be redeemed is to realize you've got to go to a cross and say, Lord, everything about me is evil. Everything about me is against your covenant, your law, your word is against your standard. My holiness is no holiness because it's his filthy rags. So God, I surrender tonight, right now, where I am, right where you are, surrender to the cross of Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I have a deranged, sick way of thinking, thinking that I'm okay because I'm a good man, I'm a good woman, I give, I help out, I don't hurt anybody, but you are on your way to hell if your label is not redeemed. If your label is redeemed, everything about your human carnal life, you don't want anything to do with it anymore. Don't care how much it's justified by the world. Jesus can save you. Jesus can save you. And if you will say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I don't want to live no more in this world and what's about to unfold next. I don't want to live another day without the hope of heaven and the companionship of you in my life. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me, Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus right now. Thief on the cross. God, oh, Lord, would you remember me? The Lord said, today you'll be with me in paradise. It's not complicated. The world and a lot of the church has complicated the road to heaven. But all you got to do is come clean. Say, Lord... I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Everything about me is wrong. And I want to be right in your eyes. Jesus will save you right now. Jesus will wash everything about you, your sin. And he will say, you're ready to be steadfast. You're ready to be unmovable. The devil's not going to jerk you around anymore because now you're my child. You're going to live in my word and I'm going to help you. If you did that, the Lord saved you and you are on your way to glory. That's it. Don't matter if anybody believes you, if everybody tries to talk you down, laugh at you, don't matter. You just got adopted by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. You just got adopted. And I pray in the name of Jesus that the rest of us, and if you are here, and you are praying right now. Pray for people that just got saved. Somebody got saved. Somebody did. We may never know about it on this earth. But see, I don't believe the Word of God can go out under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and it not tear down walls, not reach out and rescue a sinner somewhere. I just think the Word of God is more powerful than we think it is. If you do that, all you got to do, text the word SAVED to the number on the screen or go to it on the website. And that's it. Just do what, just follow the directions and you'll get resources immediately. And I want to tell everybody this. Over the next day, tomorrow, going into... Friday, I'm going to be praying for everybody that was a part of this tonight. I'm just going to be lifting you up. And I want you to do this either on the app 
that you're still able to use right now and the website that you're still able to use right now. If you go to multitudeschurch.com or on the app, it's on the screen. As soon as you open it up, you're going to see fasting. Fasting 2021. Everything from scripture to recipe guides, even to uh, a link to a uh, Jensen Franklin resources that we usually share. A lot of people have been blessed and encouraged by. All that's there, and it's waiting on you. But we pray a prayer every service. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Not everybody else, because they're not going to like what we say anyway. But let the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. That prayer is how we end every service. And I just prayed that prayer, but I also wanted to use that prayer to ask you to go tonight before you lay down and when you lay down and ask yourself in question form that prayer, is the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, is that acceptable in the sight of the Lord? And many of you remember the website that I told you about Sunday. We're constantly adding content, going to keep doing it as long as we can because the world will only tell you the gospel according to the world. So we just want you to know there's other smart people out there that love you enough, people they don't know, to tell you some things that would really help you be prepared may not be in gospel form as I preach tonight, but it, it's information. And I thank God for giving us information that will help us while we are steadfast and movable. I love you. Don't forget to register. And don't forget to go to the fasting page as soon as uh, we sign off and bookmark it. And you'll be ready to fast with us. And we'll see you Sunday morning at 1030 God bless you. We love you in Jesus' name.